War Podcast episode 19, go. It's not as fun anymore because you knew it was coming. <laughs> was you really shocked last time? Well, last time I didn't then, know what to do. I just, did, oh, didn't you hear the beginning of the last one when they're just like, huh? like, like all in, I remember, in unison? Yeah, all I remember Dan was like, oh, so you just go. You just go. So we just start. Yeah. It's like uh, it's Dan style. <laughs> that was my surprise face. Oh no! Oh my god! Uh, have you? Oh, wait, hold on. Hi, Dan. Hi, Mason. Hi. Uh... <laughs> wow. <laughs> 18 episodes strong. <laughs> Hi, Dylan. Hi. You both fucked up. You're supposed to say, Hi, Mason, back to me so the people know that I'm Mason. All right, all right let's do it again. Let's do it again. Hi, Dylan. Hi, Dan. You Hi, Mason, back to me. <laughs> I hate all of you. You don't understand podcast etiquette. I wrote the rules on podcasting. Yeah. Yes. You are Mr. Etiquette. Mr. Podcast. So, you talk about your surprise face. And let's just jump right in. Have you guys watched the new Adam Sandler movie on Netflix? <laughs> no. Let me talk to you about some high quality film. The um, there's a scene in the movie. You watched the whole thing? No, no, I only watched ten minutes of it with Tim yesterday. <laughs> and um, so the one scene you've seen in the movie. But it, it I, I like died. Okay. I thought, and it first of all, whoever did like the photography for it, like it's a really well shot. Like it looks way better than it should. It doesn't look like a straight Netflix movie. It looks, it's shot well. Like it's too pretty to be what it is. What does that mean? Like plenty of Netflix movies look good. No, 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 no. I'm saying in Adam Sandler comedy. Okay. It's it's shot. Someone, it, it just looks good. Like but you didn't it, it say looks, better than an, an Adam Sandler movie. You said better than a Netflix movie. Mm. No, I meant like a direct to streaming. What's another Netflix movie? That Idris Alba. I didn't see that one. Beast of No Nation. I mean, all the Marvel stuff looks great. I think a TV show, well, I would argue that Jessica Jones looks worse than Daredevil. But, anyways, there's a scene, and it's Rob Schneider, they're playing poker. And he's, like, snuck into this poker game to, like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't have any context. I only watched ten minutes of it, and it's the middle of the movie. And they kind of, like, figure out that he's not supposed to be there. So they're like, who are you? And all Rob Snyder does is take both his hands and go, <laughs> and then it just holds on his face for like probably 10 seconds. And I was dying because it's just, they, just knew how they didn't it was. write him out of the situation. They just said, and then Rob Schneider makes a face. <laughs> also, Mark Twain is played by Vanilla Ice. <laughs> Which is amazing. Wow. Right, well. Yeah, no, I saw the review for that movie. It was up on IGN. I just didn't read it. Uh, well, I, most of the reviews are. It, this is better than it should be. <laughs> it's like a pretty middling. Yeah. It's after, after Pixels. I'm I sure was going to say after Pixels, anything or Blended, be. which you know, say what you. I didn't see Pixels. So. I blended? saw Pixels in the theater. What? I know by myself. He's right. Oh, I you did tell the story. Pixels because Kelly was out of town and I was bored. And it's a big so Pac-Man fan. I went to see Pixels because I'm like, <laughs> oh no, I'm like, Dan. come on! It's, there it's got, so many it's got classic like, video games, game? and classic video games are fun. And so is Kevin James. Oh god, the movie was terrible. Did Kevin James tackle Pac-Man into a glass table. <laughs> it was. And he fell it down. Was, was, Paul Blart reference. I don't it know. Was so just bad. I feel like Kevin James, ninety percent of the time, is just falling down. It's just physical yeah. gag. Not falling down. The Michael Mann movie, or who's Kevin that? James was the president of the United States. He's not? He is, in that movie. But you're saying that like he's not in real life? He is in my life. Yeah. I, I feel like I the, the rhetoric him. against Kevin James is a little unfair. No, I, I like Kevin James. You know, okay. I liked King of Queens back in the day. So I, mean, I can't I. like King of Queens. The first movie I ever saw him in was Hitch. 
I thought Hitch was okay. I was like, this is alright. When he's when he's being goofy, his face is poofy. When he's being like goofy, lovable, but kind of real, he's not a bad guy. When he's being a mall cop, mall cop on a yeah. scooter, it's just it's too like, much. I, I like I now pronounce him Chuck and Larry. Like I thought that so, was, yeah, I I was okay. And I thought, um, and actually, that's probably like in the grand scheme of like the past decade of Adam Sandler movies, which is you know arguably terrible across the board. It's okay. Yeah. What? Who? Who's the Ghostbusters guy in it that plays the fire chief? Actor. Dan Aykroyd. Dan Aykroyd. Mm. I love Dan Aykroyd. He's just hilarious. He's, he's just, just fucking crazy, though. He is, like, he's, he's lost his mind. He's a crazy is, motherfucker. Crystal he's Skull Absolutely crazy. He's the man. He is the man. No, he's actually... I think he's kind of like a bigot and terrible. But oh, right. I... Okay. He's Canadian. Which is why I love he's him. Not yeah. <laughs> he's, he's not the man. He's not the man. No. But he... She's the man. And he really believes in aliens and like all that. I mean... Oh, not, yeah. Not he's like believes in aliens, but like... He's believes a conspiracy He worships aliens. Cantrails and all that shit. I love Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters is amazing. That's the record show. The most of my formative years were spent with Ghostbusters and Star Wars. Back to back. <laughs> just in a room. <laughs> just that, playing. that and Willy Wonka and the Wizard of Oz, so I don't know what that means. <laughs> a big gap. <laughs> I had like five VHSs growing Gene, up. Gene Wilder's like a hero, Dan Aykroyd's your hero. Carrie, Carrie Fisher's your hero. It's Carrie just, Fisher's everyone's hero. Dude, she, her... Um, Carrie Fisher's the press junket child. for Star Wars is hilarious. Yeah. Carrie Fisher and Harrison Ford could give no fuck. Absolutely, they just give none. <laughs> yep, exactly. they're like, like we got paid a bunch of money, and so we're here. And I, I like it because I think they're working actors, so like they, it's a job, you know. Yep. But when Jimmy Fallon's like, "Did you get emotional when you put the Han Solo costume on?" He's like. No, I got paid. And I was like, <laughs> dude, that's the most Han Solo fucking thing you could say. That's <laughs> awesome. Did you see his, um, did you see Jimmy Kimmel's Halloween special when he had Harrison Ford on? Did Chewbacca show up? No, mm. that was that was their Star Wars special. Because he had like a bunch of them. Oh, I don't know. Jimmy Kimmel's having all these specials. I'm not supposed to keep up. Special. He had like a Back to the Future one too. That's not stupid. But he, he, um, you hate Back to the Future? Did you just say you hate Back to the okay. Future? We'll cover this in a minute. I don't hate Back to the Future. I actually really like Back to the Future, but the marketing campaign that came out of Pepsi this fall made me hate everything that Back to the Future is trying to do to come back into the... Regardless, I hate the, like, it's 2015, it's Back to the Future. I thought that was... You cool. know what, though? Mm. That's, that's not on Back to the Future. On that's on advertising. <laughs> that's on brands that are all that's not Robert trying Max's to ride... Book. They're trying to ride a cultural wave. Into a I love Doc Brown. As you should. And I think that not Emilio Estevez, but who's the actor that's in that movie, and his name is... Michael J. Fox. Michael J. Fox. Michael J. Fox. Oh. Dude, he looks just like Emilio Estevez. I have no idea who that is. Uh, uh, Charlie Sheen's brother. Who's brother? Charlie Sheen. Martin Sheen's other son. The Dynasty of the Sheens. Wait, who said Mighty Ducks? He's the coach. He's the coach. He's the coach. Okay. But dude, I thought it was Michael J. Fox forever. Really? Anyway, okay. I don't hate. I'm just speaking in platitudes that make no sense. Move on. What were you saying? So they had Harrison, Jimmy Kimmel, and Harrison Ford on Jimmy Kimmel for Halloween, and Jimmy Kimmel's dressed up as Princess Leia because it's Jimmy Kimmel, and then Harrison Ford's just sitting there. Just like stone faced in a hot dog costume with like a dog nose <laughs> on his nose, just kind of like sitting there in the guest chair. And Jimmy Kimmel's like, So, so what are you supposed to be? And he just kind of like awkwardly like shuffles in the hot dog costume. And he goes, I'm a dog. 
in a hot dog costume. And the guy just like <laughs> turns back to the audience. That's pretty funny though. Yeah. A dog in a hot dog costume. I tell you what I did the other day that I thought was hilarious. It involved hot dogs. That's a really bad way to set a story up. Uh, so, I put a banana so in, in my hot, bedroom. I put a banana in a hot dog bun and I thought it was funny. Just show it to anyone? Show it to Tim. <laughs> what do you think? He thought it was funny. Thumbs up? I got the thumbs up. Okay. War games. We put hot dogs in buns. No, fuck. We put bananas <laughs> in hot dog buns. Alright, well, I apologize for the tangent. It's a good start. Dylan, you did the game jam last night. Did the night before. Last, Yesterday? last night, Jesus. we were out celebrating Ugh. graduations. Alright, so you went... So, do you know what a game jam is? I do not. Do you know what a hackathon is? I do. Alright, you can't do anything but video games. It's a game jam. Sweet. Okay. That's a, that's a very concise... Good job. That's my go-to explanation. That was fantastic. You know, hey, Dylan, what they say about you is not true. You're actually really. <laughs> what, what do they say about me? <laughs> so okay, so they walk. But talk about like what you know, RVA game jam. Yeah, so RVA game jams is that is a local scene here, and they put together all of these uh, game jams and other and other stuff. They do like um, learning, like classes. Every other week at they the public library. library, they do cool. learning. They do learning. Um, As you do. And I, I was talking to Lauren V, who's like one of the founders of it, and like the nicest human being you've ever met. And she's awesome. And she was telling, talking and, to me about like uh, what she wanted to do with RVA game jams going forward, and trying to get like more resources for it and stuff. But so they do these classes like twice a month, and then Wednesdays, they do, every other Wednesday. Every other Wednesday. And then they also do game jams but they don't like make their own game jams they base it off of there's Ludum Dare which is like the really big one um, that's like three times a year and they work out of 804 RBA because Lauren like knows the people that own mm-hmm. 804 so they like are able to use the entire space for free nice. on the weekend of Ludum Dare and they also do global game jam which is like even bigger and then you like collectively like for global like Ludum Dare, you can just like sit at home and then make an account, a WordPress account, and then submit your stuff. But Global Game Jam, you like associate yourself with a local community and do all this stuff. So there's a lot of like region-based representation in that one. Cool. And that was in January. But I went to the one, I went to Ludum Dare on Friday night just because I had time and I wanted to go and I just wanted to see everyone. And so the way Ludum Dare works is that everyone can submit a theme. They have, like, open the themes. It's just a form. You submit whatever you want it to be. And then after that, like, a week before, they do rounds of voting. So, like, here's 20 themes. They do, like, five rounds. Like, 20 themes, 20 themes, 20 themes, etc. And then everyone, you can either upvote it, downvote it, or just give it a neutral vote. And then they tally all those together. And whoever, and then, like, the last 20 surviving ones, whoever get ranked the highest, those are your final votes. And then everyone votes on that. And then the night it starts, which was Friday at 9... Is when they announce the theme. Who? But the final theme's chosen by someone. No, it's a vote. Is it a vote? Yeah, it's all voting. I thought there was a committee involved at the very end. No, it's just a vote. Yeah, I mean. So one year it was almost the Unicode snowman. (laughs) So that would have been weird. Yeah, it made it to the final round. (laughs) It was like in the final round, and everyone was kind of like, "Well, okay." And then everyone had a snowman somewhere in their game as like an insight. And it wasn't the actual theme. The theme was um, fuck. What was that? Was one screen. Like the game in one screen. Well, yeah, because that was the one where Will had his RP one screen RPG. 
A one screen RPG. Yeah, so that like, was incredible. Will was it was beautiful because he just like because it was only this one guy screen. Will Blend that just you show up and it's just like I'm not good at anything. <laughs> he's like the awesome. most humble human being ever, but he's just so talented that it's like yeah, it's and awesome. he and he you know I think he's got some a pretty some following. Yeah, he's done like the whole circuit up and down. With, I mean, uh, Redshift Blue Shift is on Steam now. Yeah. yeah, but uh, he the the RPG was just you were in this town square. And you played as a character, but your character's only job was to convince other people to go on missions for you. So it's like <laughs> the Assassin's Creed thing is like you are telling people what to do. Yeah. He's just doing that. So he's like, there's like a knight just kind of like standing around. You talk to him. He's like, I'll go if you get me food. So you have to like talk to the baker and convince him to give you food. And cool. So you're like the laziest hero ever. Yeah, right? <laughs> facilitating progress. Facilitating fetch quests. You're not even doing fetch quests. You're just facilitating them. Well, you're doing fetch quests to go make other people do fetch quests. Right. So this, awesome. this weekend, there's a tie on the theme. So the two themes are... Oh, really? Two buttons, two button controls, and growing. Mm. And so they said, okay, you can either... Do one or the other, you can do both. Your concept's pretty on the nose. Yeah. <laughs> I try to go for the basis, like most simplistic, because I mean, I haven't had much time to work on it. So mine is just literally a button masher, where you just alternate two buttons and make a tree grow. That's exactly what I was thinking. As soon as you said you could do both, I was like, I wonder if you could, yeah. So it's That's literally awesome. just a generator where the, st- where the trunk grows taller, and then like branches like sprout from it. That's cool. But like... I was trying to make it way more difficult than it needed to be because, like, okay, it was like I'll randomly generate an angle where the branches will come out. I was like, no, this thing's gonna be all right. It'd be so (laughs) so funny though if you put like a loot system in it, just like (laughs) just cash dropping from (laughs) arbitrary. Like you're filling bars up as the tree gets bigger. So I will probably put like a height. What level's your tree? (laughs) So I was gonna do that. So I was gonna do that. Orange Jesus. There's going to be a timer, and so you have to press them as fast as you can. And then when the timer hits, it'll measure what your height was, and then it'll give you, like, you got a redwood. You got a birch tree. And, like, assign you. Like a randomly one, or is it based on, like, no, the No, it's values? based on the height. Oh. You got a dwarf spruce. I, I do it, and it's I like, even know if a you got a boulder. A tree. <laughs> the fuck? I got a rock. You got a bonsai. <laughs> you got a bonsai. Wait a minute, where are we going with this? Um, that's cool, though. So how far that's did you cool. get on it? Are you going to finish it? Um, I don't know. Because after this, I have an exam tomorrow. So I might be studying for that instead of this. School? Yeah. So what do you uh, what do you make a program like that in? What do you, what do you, um, what's your development environment? I use, like? I use Unity. Okay. Um, which is just like kind of a, it's not open source, but it's a, they have a free version of their. Is it a game specific engine? Or is it? Players? No. Um, no. I'm trying to think of a game that you would know to slide toward me. I was thinking of a game that you know that would be built in Unity. Lorecroft Go, okay, is in Unity. Like Unity is very versatile; it can be used for anything. And cool. it, it's a um, the cool thing about Unity also is that you can you know pretty much package it up and put it on any platform. Mm-hmm. It's pretty platform agnostic. Cool. Um, so like all the games that we've made are in Unity, but like guys that and guys and, and girls at Eight Hundred Four will uh, Phaser's big, which is like a JavaScript library. Mm-hmm. Hackflexel is big. Hackflexel is another one. That makes it really cool, like 2D, and apparently it's got a really good 2D workflow. But you know, Dylan gets better and better with Unity. I think the more we use it, yeah, the more it cool. just makes sense. And we have a, we have a pretty, we've learned a lot about how to work in Unity. Mm-hmm. So there are a lot of things that like we'll figure out we've been doing wrong, and are just super inefficient. Yep. <laughs> yeah. So. so like, there's a part. So I didn't know they had like built-in animation, so you can like make, um, 
uh, sprite sheets with them. Mason, I think it's good. I can unplug mine. Okay, go for it. So you can make sprite sheets and then split the sprite sheets up by a grid so each each frame in the sprite sheet can be its own animation and then you can queue all those animations together to make an animation. Mm. Well, I didn't know you could do that when I originally did it. So Oh my gosh, the sprite sheet thing that we used to do was the most laborious fucking thing. So I used to have this script that I had to put in each character that would I would give it the image and it would cut it up itself and go through it itself. Which is cool that you learned. Well, how to, like, at least you did a script to do that, so you were doing it. Well, he's, he's, by he's, hand every time. He's a computer science major too. Yeah. So like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not like if like you or I did it. We're like, we <laughs> did something. <laughs> we made a button turn a light on. Hooray! Or I just finally learned how like um, how to do object oriented stuff and class based stuff in Unity because everything is based off these components. So it's like a game object component model where everything in the game is a game object. And then every game object has components attached to it. So, like, you know, um, colliders, triggers, things like that, uh, physics, rigid bodies, and then also scripts. So scripts are considered components. Mm -hmm. So in order for a script to run, it has to be... Oh, no, I do need that, need that charger. That's why I wanted to turn on. Sorry. I'm not doing this whole song and dance one more time, Mr. Elvento. Sorry. But, like, in, in regular programming, that's not how stuff works. In regular programming, you have all of your files... And they kind of just recognize one another. So you can have an, an object, a, a class. Uh, if any of that stuff doesn't make sense to you, let me know. No, I'm, I'm, I know enough about programming to understand what you're saying so far. Right. So if I need like a dog class, and then I have another class that's called Poodle, mm -hmm. and it inherits from the dog class, it can, it can do that automatically. They just kind of recognize one another. Mm -hmm. But because there's this thing where you have to attach scripts to objects, I had no idea how this class interface worked. Gotcha. But I finally learned it was like because for one of our previous ones it was very systems heavy. Mm -hmm. So I needed things like tasks, I needed districts, I needed all these abstract representations. It had to kind of run uh, simultaneously. Yeah. So it's oh, that's fucked. <laughs> it keeps shutting down. Give up. Um, abort. But it being able to do that makes things so much easier because like well I know how to do this if I could like create a task object and then give it all these attributes and then manipulate it but like I don't know how to do that if I can't do that so I didn't know but finally figured that out so that's like nice things like that well the cool thing about Unity 2 is that like the documentation out there for it because it's so widely used now it's pretty easy to find a lot of like solutions on the web cool which is why like you know that's why I think I like it what uh, language is it so you can do three so there's they call it JavaScript but it's okay. actually um, Unity script? Y Unity script is a proper term because it's not, the syntax is not directly inherited from JavaScript. It's like, called like JScript or something, is mm -hmm. what it actually is, which is like some weird mutation of JavaScript. And then there's C Sharp, mm -hmm. which is traditional C Sharp. And then Boo, which is some other scripting language. Boo. 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 I don't know about Boo. Yeah, I don't either. I like it though. Hey, Boo. <laughs> Hi, Boo. But yeah, I originally so it's started C, C based. Yeah, I originally started with uh, JavaScript, and I moved over to C sharp. Did you see that cool. talk by the guy that builds the engines for Insomniac? No. And he's talking about like efficiencies in programming, and like how the model of like creating engines is wrong because people are trying to do them like they're thinking the logical way, like the humans think, and like that's not the way the engine should think. Because the engine should like you shouldn't associate like a 
a chair with its own mesh and like whatever, it's like you need to associate the thing so that the, the, the pipeline to get the assets out to you are as fast as possible. And he's like apparently been doing stuff like a game architecture for his whole life. But it's cool. It's like an hour and a half though. Hmm. I'll send it to you. Is that on GDC? Um, I don't know. I saw it on Reddit Game Dev this morning. Okay. So this is all I have for the game that I was working on Friday. And it's great because so I use, do you use Flux? You know mm. what that is? So it, it, it. Mike Acton is his name, by the way. Okay. It makes your screen orange. I saw your screen was orange. Yeah. And is that to keep the blue wavelength so yeah. you don't go yeah. crazy and, it gets and not be much able to orange? So I can show you, like, it won't do it now because it doesn't know what. Because you can't, like, it gets, like, super orange, like, yeah. late at night. So, so my very first thought when you open your computer, so because I'm a photographer, like, when I was in school for photography, they drill into you, calibrate your monitor every week, make sure that it's calibrated. And I look at that, I'm like, holy crap, he needs yeah. to calibrate his monitor. Yeah. Something is going terribly wrong. No, I and then I thought about it. So what's funny is that, I'll show you some Mason in a sec, is that when I was making the game, I was like, all right, I have my ground should be this brown pixel, and then oh, I'll have no. my tree, which is this light brown pixel, and then this is what it looks like now. <laughs> <laughs> I think you should keep it that way, because at least it, now it has its own like personality. Yeah. So it's like a dark purple and a light yep. purple. So... Can you guys explain to me what the orange thing does for you? So, um, think about color complements. Basically, the opposite of like blue, the blue, blue wave, yellow, wavelength like, is other. orange. So, when you take the blue wavelength out, you're going to be left with orange. And since the blue wavelength is what the sun is predominantly, when you are exposed to a lot of blue wavelengths from screens, it, may, it tricks your mind into thinking that you should still be awake. So, if you spend a bunch of time in front of your computer, especially late at night, and then you try to go to oh, sleep... I don't have that problem. Okay. Um, but it's because you probably go to exhaustion. It's like, well, sleep time. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so by sleep taking time. out the blue wavelengths, it allows you to not be as affected by them. But mm. when you take out the blue wavelengths, it makes everything look orange. Yeah, like going from this and then going on my TV and playing my PC, like it sometimes hurts my Yeah. It's just, well, it's on TV Well, you need those gamer are... sunglasses then. <laughs> Wait, are you talking the about? Polarized lens. Yeah. Well, in a lot of the, those glasses, they'll actually, that's what they do. It's, it's, a, it's an orange filter. Oh, my And goodness. so an orange filter will filter out the blue light. Talking about. You should just take a lap. Like. Okay. Take a lap. Not you now, but like. Just <laughs> not right now. <laughs> right now. Take a lap. No, no, I'm not saying I think yeah. the orange thing's cool. Especially for people that, you know, that are on their screen a lot. Yeah. You're not the only person I've seen that had that. Who did I say? Jeff. Jeff had it, that's mm-hmm. right. But obviously the bad part about this is that if I do any sort of image editing, anything like that, I'm completely like yep. blind to what color it actually is. And then you're going to look at it on another screen and just be like, holy crap, that looks like shit. So you can disable it, but when I do, I'm just like, oh god, she's like, oh. Yep. Really? Yeah. Um, Weird. So this is what the game does right now. You know what I'm saying? The live event. So you're hitting yeah. A and L, and a tree grows, and, and that's it. Oh, it doesn't span out yet? Uh, no, I haven't. Um. So this little thing here is my branch test because, like, what I want to... Because what the stump is, a stump is one object that can grow, uh-huh. but a branch can't do that because if the branch keeps growing, it's... Like, it needs to change direction. <coughs> so what I do instead... There's a lot is of life lessons in that. <laughs> so what I do instead is that I have a branch that's like a sliver long and then I just stack another branch on top of it and stack that's another cool. stack another stack another stack another stack another that's probably really inefficient because I have like all of these game objects now that's keeping track of but yeah but they're not I mean they're not like they're doing anything right they're just being trees that's, that's you know there's more trees in the US now than there were like 
a few years ago. Oh, really? It's <laughs> one fact that came out. Tree breeders are having lots of <laughs> lots of success. In, I don't know. In vitro fertilization in of vit- trees. Why are you? Who is this prospector? <laughs> Why is this character? I, keep I like how our go-to like <laughs> who is this character? Who is this prospector? Well, we were all at Hardy with it, and that was the same voice that everyone kept doing. Well, I assume that a a tree breeder would. You know. Well, you know, when the gold dried up, like, where what other field are you going to go <laughs> that's, into? They right. trees and them their hills. <laughs> trees. So my image of a prospector is permanently skewed by Toy Story 2. Yeah, I was going to say. every prospector is just... Yeah. Stinky um, Pete. Stinky Pete. Yeah. So, you know, I think it's a good way to close out your game. Right. Stinky Pete. <laughs> Stinky Pete. <laughs> Stinky Pete runs in, chops the tree down after you've grown it. That'd be pretty cool. The villager. From, from Animal Crossing? From Animal Crossing. He's the fucking man. So, Mason was playing... We were playing... Well, you were there. So, we were playing Smash. <laughs> that, that story was so Mason, Mason was playing Smash. Well, we were playing. With you. <laughs> no, but so... When Mason was playing the villager, he just got on his fucking gyroid and just flew across the map. <laughs> every single time. That, like, was, that was phenomenal. And I would yell wiener every time I did it. <laughs> yes, you would. And then you would just grow a tree and then chop it down and then you'd get back on your gyroid and fly across the screen again. Dude, that's applying your real world methods into games. Avoidance technique. That's how my career progress was made too. Hit and run. Just No, planting trees and cutting them down. Ah, uh, yes. That was my Wendy tactic. Just go hide in the corner. Who are you playing as? Wendy. That, that oh, one Wendy. Googling. The one Wendy. Uh, oh, the little spaceship. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. The yeah. little spaceship. Wendy, God, Wendy like is like Bowser's daughter. No, I thought she that was disproven. Is... I thought she was a Koopa she kid. Was, no, she was Bowser's daughter and no, Koopa kids are something different. She's a Koopa. She's Christ. a Koopaling. I thought they they were only kids in the TV show. Dude, oh, that really? show rocked. Well, yeah. I know, I know, so in Super Mario 3. It's... it's She's, I think, it's the not this one, third. <laughs> not that. No. Okay. Is that, is that Here we go. Is that Wendy? That Wendy. Mm. And in Super Mario World, she like has the wand that shoots out the like life preservers. That's right. And and they bounce around the screen. Ludwig was always my favorite Koopaling. Yeah, L- Ludwig or, or Koopa or Roy, those stupid red hot pink sunglasses. Glasses, yeah. But I remember the Koopalings way better from Super Mario Brothers 3. Yeah. I, I remember they were in Mario World, but I was just kind of like, Mario World just stole this. Just yeah. Off. Nintendo has a habit of doing that. Yeah. They, they, they recycle... They, but I will say, I was thinking about that the other day. No, country, no company, I think, has recycled assets better than Nintendo because they still put out fantastic games, even though... Because Donkey Kong's still a character. Yeah. Or even like, I mean, like, you look at... Link to the Past and Ocarina of Time, and they're essentially the exact same game, except one is 3D. Uh-huh. Except they're both phenomenal, fantastic no, games. No, one has Chain Chomp in it, though. What? What? Oh, no, I'm thinking of, of Link's Awakening. Yeah, Link's Awakening has Chain Chomp. <laughs> is it Chain Chomp? There's Chain Chomp in it. From Mario. Aren't there also, like, dildos? Isn't it like there's a green uh, cactus that just looks oh, like a penis? Yeah, it, it just flops back and forth. Yeah. Yes. Uh, that's after. That's in uh, Link to the Past. In. Um, the dark world. Once you go to the dark world, and everyone is the image, the image of themselves from their from their true heart, their true self. Oh, okay. And so apparently, someone in the light world, when they see themselves, their true self, it's a dildo. It's a giant dildo. It's a giant dildo. It's probably like the what? The, what the fuck? <laughs> I'm sorry. I was I momentarily stepped out. 
I don't want to know what happened. I don't care. But, guys, this is a family podcast. <laughs> no, it's not. No, it's not. So, so, well, okay. Oh, wait, do your point. Whatever. So, what, whatever. Fuck, fuck you. Fuck your point. Sorry. You. When so, I was listening to you guys talking about Zelda last time Dan was on, all I could think of was just sitting there saying, I've only played two Zelda games my entire life. Mm. I've only played Twilight Princess and Link Between Worlds. Mm. I've never touched another one. It's okay. Yeah. No, I love I love Twilight Princess. And so when I hear people like shit on Twilight Princess, which everyone has to have their go to Zelda to shit on. Well, for, but, for most people, it's Zelda too. Yeah. I think that also it's the same as the Mario Kart syndrome. You know, your first Mario Kart is always your favorite. Yeah. And yeah. I think I don't that's know what about I like. that. Really? My first Mario Kart was Super Mario Kart on Super Nintendo, and that is definitely not my favorite. What's your favorite? Uh, but a lot probably of people will go to bat for Super Mario Kart. 64. Yeah. I think Mario Kart 64. Oh, uh, actually, you know what? I, I will say, I think my favorite is actually probably Mario Kart 8. I like Double Dash. I like Double Dash, too. Though I got um, really into Double Dash. But I just, I think, like, the current the current gen version is just so pretty. I've never... And... We played it the other... No, oh, no, you, no, I have it. Yeah. Like, I played... I was gonna say, I've never played Battle. Ah. Yeah. So that's the thing, like... Because Battle wasn't very good. Battle is not very good in anything except for 64. Yeah. 64, it peaked, and then it's just been downhill ever since. They've ruined it more and more every time. In fact, Battle in 8 is the absolute worst it has been in any game. Because it's basically, you actually drive around in the tracks as they exist. Oh, I remember hearing that. And it's just, it's nonsense. Because they, yeah. you it's not like an arena the way... 64 was perfect. Yeah, yeah well, 64, 64 had that one map was that was the four quadrants, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, then mm-hmm. the tiered one. Well, that... Weren't those the same ones? It was an actual battle plaza, arena. Block, it was like, you go in this little space, and you have like golden balloons. Right. Which yeah. is why it was good, because it, yeah. it had verticality and a more... Like, it, someone really thought through level design in a way yes. that was really interesting, because like you could do, like, you know, drop down from somewhere, yep. drop... It, and it's, 64. Like, yeah. It's amazing, cool. because to this day, everybody who plays or has ever played Mario Kart talks about how battle mode in 64 was fantastic and was one of their favorite things and how they've ruined it more and more in succession. And Nintendo hasn't done anything about it. And I don't understand Dude, Mario why. Kart DS is... Yes, Mario Kart battle DS is battle amazing. Is it? Yes. Okay. It's, 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 it's the same See, I haven't played, played DS. And Mario Kart DS is... God, the, the, the logic of the Mario Kart success... So you have Mario well, Kart 7 on yeah. 3DS. Mario Kart Wii, which is 6. Is Mario Kart DS 5? Mario Kart DS is actually... That might be my favorite one. That's really good. That's the one I put the most time into. Yeah, mm. me too. Because, like, Dan is right when he says that Nintendo is the best at repurposing stuff. Because, like, Mario Kart DS Battle Mode is exactly Mario Kart 64. And then Mario Kart 8, the coin mechanics back mm-hmm. from Super Mario Kart. Mm-hmm. Like... Like, they just went back to the original and said, you know, that coin mechanic, you got the coins, you sped up with as many coins as you got. That was cool. Yep. Let's bring that back 20 years later. Yep. Yeah. And they, and that, they do a nice job at throwing back to their, their own universe in, in a lot of ways, in a lot of different games, which I've always appreciated. I, I mean, Smash Brothers is now, like, the best museum piece. Sure. Absolutely. Um, and I think that's a... That's a testament to what they've done um but but it's since it's not really narrative driven it's it's more just hey here is all of our ip yeah right but when you actually look at and our competitors look at look at mario games right they they just came out with a game that 
essentially allows you to play the original Super Mario Brothers. Right. Right. And you're like, okay, they just they just released a 30-year-old game, except the one twist that is what makes Nintendo great is that they said, well, let's make it so that you can make it make your own levels. And the fact that they didn't fuck it up. And the fact that they didn't fuck it up is again, it's it's that's one of the reasons I think Nintendo they do fantastic phenomenal things. Um, and the fact that they listen to response because they patched it because people were like we need mid-level checkpoints yep we need mid-level checkpoints and they're like all right here you go mid-level checkpoints yep so so but super mario maker 2 is gonna suck i didn't even realize they were making one no i'm saying if they ever do it's gonna suck what i i I have to because they fuck up uh i don't know if i i don't know if i agree with that like I don't think there'll be a Super Mario Maker 2. I don't think. Do you think there'll think be the next a Maker they... 2? Do you think there'll be a Super Zelda. Metroid well, Maker? I think if they Zelda move that Maker. thing, Zelda they're going to move it in... To me, the smart move for them is that they move that editor around to, like, your phone. To, like, you make that... You make it so that you can have this platform, kind of like a, you know, a Minecraft or whatever, that you just keep expanding broader so more and more people can contribute to this big server. And that's when I think it gets really exciting. And then, you know, when eventually it can't sustain itself is when you make... Like, what is Minecraft 2? Is there ever going to be a Minecraft 2? Oh, no. Because yeah. that's just I mean? a service. Or do you just iterate on a platform? I think Mario Maker could be that same thing. But the fact that... But Mario Maker is going to be tied to a platform. Like, Mario Maker is only going to be around... Well, who says life. that database of levels can't be imported into the next evolution of it? That's true. Just, we'll see if they do that. Kirby Maker. That wouldn't be nearly as exciting. No. Uh, mm, I like Kirby. Kirby's not... A, like, I like old school. I love... Old school, old school 2D scrolling Kirby. And Kirby 64 came out the other day. It was pretty but cool. Even Kirby, yeah. Kirby 64. But I'm, I'm talking like... Oh, I forgot Kirby 64. I like love Nightmare and Dreamland. Regular Nintendo... Yeah. Nightmare no. and Dreamland. That's Wait, the Game Boy Game one. Game right? Boy yeah. yeah. That's what's called? It's not Return of Dreamland? Nightmare and Dreamland. It's clever. But uh, but even Nightmare the regular, yeah, the regular Nintendo Kirby. version. Nightmare and Dreamland. The song that's on the ad? You showed me that ad. Okay. Sorry, you can... No, I was just gonna say that the regular Nintendo Kirby, the original Kirby, Kirby's Dreamland, but like was phenomenal game. one where he's white, yes, on the cover, yes. You can make him white in any game. Just eat a ghost, or like you know, just eat a ghost. Just eat a ghost. Is but is Kirby fun? Like I don't think Kirby's a fun platformer. It's no, not no, really it's a, a, it's a it's this it's the fight, weird it's a side scroller beat, beat him up. Yeah. Right? Yep. Donkey Kong. Donkey Kong is a platformer, mm-hmm. and Donkey Kong. Wait, so, like original Donkey Kong or, uh, or country. country? Country. Well, don't, yeah. So, like, to me, that you're moving in the direction, but I think what, you know, what Donkey Kong realized is fun for them is to, like, let's make it just hard. Yeah. And, and, fucking and cart levels. And Mario Maker. Oh, God. I actually played Donkey Kong Country two days ago just because. The music is so good. The music is so good. I actually owned the soundtrack back in the day. Really? Young Dan. Well, I, got it, I got it for free from Nintendo Power. And it was glorious. I loved it. You still listen to it all the time. So that game but, uh, is that soundtrack is just burning in my brain because mm-hmm. I played that when I was like five. So like that first level where you like are in the cave and they're like all the bananas are gone or whatever happens. Oh yeah, we're well, just like yeah, he does the spray. It's like huh? Oh, the mode seven spikes are so cool, man. And I like Donkey Kong sixty four. I love Donkey Kong 64. Dan hates it. Dan really? Like, I am not a big Donkey Kong 64 fan. Do you like Banjo-Kazooie? I love Banjo-Kazooie. Okay, well... I adore Banjo-Kazooie. I find that Donkey Kong 64 just goes too over the top. Well, they did Donkey Kong before Banjo, right? No. No, they did Banjo first. Oh. But I did pre-order Donkey Kong 64 when it came out, and so I actually have a 
Nintendo 64 controller that ha- it's expansion. yellow oh. and it's got like banana ends to it, so it looks like a banana. So, so do you know the thing about that game about the expansion pack? Mm, no. So there's a bug in Donkey Kong 64 where the game will always crash um, unless you have an expansion pack in your controller because mm. the the extra memory allowed the game to run mm. and they couldn't fix this bug. So they had to include in the packaging a, an expansion pack to every copy of Donkey Kong 64. That's which funny. cost Nintendo millions. Oh, I can imagine. Yeah. I, uh, I'm i sure I knew that. Because I probably had the expansion pack at that point already. I, I remember the expansion pack coming out, and I know that my Nintendo 64 has it. Um, I just don't remember if that was the reason I got it or if I got it for something Majora's else. Majora's Mask is probably what you got it for. You know, I never actually owned Majora's Mask. Oh, all right. Mm-hmm. So- so I had not the, on Nintendo sixty four. I had it on GameCube. So I had the de- did you have the demo disc? I had the the is that the one that had like the master all, all sword? The master. Yeah. So I had that bundled with my GameCube, but there's a bug in some of those discs that they press that it won't ever save. Oof. So as you can play all of Ocarina, but you have to play all at once. Oh, well, how else do you play it? <laughs> so okay, <laughs> that's so, a long sit down. <laughs> well, so I had this thing where you know. Coming from the N64 to the GameCube, I didn't know you needed a memory card. Oh, oh God. So I got Luigi's Mansion and a GameCube for Christmas one year. We didn't have a memory card. So I would just beat Luigi's Mansion in one sitting. (laughs) Every time I played that game. (laughs) To the point where I could beat that game in like two hours. I couldn't even beat that game. Like I bought that game and then I... I adored that game. I returned it. And I feel like that was the biggest mistake I've ever made, like, without having finished it. Dude, Luigi's Mansion was... At, that game just had so much character for, like... Such a, I've heard it's a really good game. I've never played it. Some people hate it, but it's just... I love Luigi, so I'm surprised I never but had it's, it. But he's, like, weirdly... An, like, the animation is almost, like, claymation. Yeah. Because he's just, like... His face is going everywhere. Well, it's like... It's just, like... No, I'm not saying it's bad. I'm oh. just saying, like, compared to, like, Mario, where he's kind of, like... Frame by frame. Well, Luigi smart. has much more character than... And even in the Mario and Luigi game... You ever played those? The RPGs? Mario and Luigi? Uh, no, but I played Super Mario RPG. Okay, so Mario and Luigi is like the evolution of Super Mario RPG. Okay. And, um... Like, Luigi's very characterized, and Mario's kind of the... It's always the... I don't know. The vessel for you as the player to play through. Yeah. yeah. But Luigi's just, like, freaking out. And, like, EGADs in the Mario RPGs. The first one's weird, though. EGADs in Mario RPG... In, in the Mario and Luigi. Oh, oh, Not, oh, not oh. Super Mario RPG. Well, see, like, I, I thought he was made for Luigi's Mansion. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, but he makes, like, appearances with in Mario and Luigi. Well, and there's something that's, like, just kind of malicious about Luigi's Mansion, where, like, these are just a family of ghosts. Yeah. Which means they're all dead. Mm-hmm. Like, what happened? <laughs> but you can slam A, and the A button, the only thing the A button does, which is, it's kind of funny, because you think about a game design, like, what does A button do for Mario? Jump. A button for Luigi means he yells Mario. <laughs> He's literally running around the mansion going, Mario! Mario! Is, the, is the premise of the game that you have to find Mario? Yes. Oh, Mario. Okay. And right. so, so he has to be the hero, which is, is also funny because they always lean to the fact that he's just ill-equipped to do it. Yeah. But it, someone had to be like, because that's a pretty big waste of like controller real estate, but they're still like... Especially on the GameCube where the A button is so much huge. bigger than every other button. But also that game, like for a kid, that game, like... Before release was really scary. Mm. Like if there was there was a lose state and Luigi would leave the castle and he was like deformed mm. from his time in the in the mansion. Okay. What? Yeah, it, there was a like lose screen that didn't make it into the final game, but he had like 
his face was all like sulking and stuff like like the mansion had like eaten away at his soul like if you but lose. he just looks sad no he, no it's like his face is like all swollen and stuff like it looks different like he got beat up no he just like looks like mutated in a way <laughs> I I'll show you the video. It's, it's, it's like Mario meets Resident Evil, basically. I, I, is he is he nemesis? Like <laughs> stars. He, he was. The, it's it was a mansion incident, and he was injected with the T virus. But so what you find out about Mario is that uh, one of the ghosts in the ca- in the mansion. I keep calling it a castle. In the mansion, uh, traps him in a painting. Mm. So the Ghostbusters two kind of shit. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that was scary. Dude, Dylan. I mean. It's a little scary. It's scary. But you made it sound like Luigi got <laughs> fucked up. Like his flesh was falling off of his face. This is a this is just a sad Luigi with a flower. Uh, it's a really sad Luigi. That's not what his head looks like though. That one? Yeah. That's the scary it one. It just looks like he got stung by a bee. <laughs> eh. Whatever. Oh god. <laughs> eh. But when you find uh Mario, he's like in the crawl space or in like the basement trapped in the painting. Mm-hmm. He's like slamming on the painting trying to get out. I thought that was the scariest thing ever. <laughs> Really, I love the uh, the like the voice behind the Wii. Like, it's a cool game. You yeah, have a 3DS. You're like Chris Martin. I do not have a 3DS, mm. but I think I can download. Uh, probably the GameCube. But then the 3DS one, I think, Virtual is better console. than the the GameCube one mm. because they took kind of because it's pretty much a big puzzle game. Yeah, you're just going into these rooms and figuring out how to like you know figure out what's going on. And the 3DS takes that experience and shrinks it down to separate houses. Mm-hmm. So instead of moving through one house, which is kind of cool, because it's kind of rooted in the same Resident Evil, original Resident yeah. Evil, where you're, just, you're navigating this big mansion. Gotta love the original Resident Evil. Well, it's it's very similar to that yeah. style where you're like you're you're unlocking areas because you do something in another wing or whatever. Yep. It's cool. a cool game. And then it has like um, the ghost, like the ghost busting mechanic. Like, did you ever play the Ghostbusters video game mm-hmm. for, like, last gen? It's that same, same mechanic. Well, Ghostbusters probably pulled it from the League of Man. No, I know. Okay. I played the Ghostbusters for last gen, which was made by Atari, strangely. And it's actually a pretty good game. Yeah. I also played the original Ghostbusters game on the Nintendo <laughs> Entertainment System, yeah, I've seen that which one. was the worst game ever made. That game is so weird. It's, it's like, so there's the, bad. There's the city map, yes. and there's, like, three things yes. you can go to, and yes. then you're, like, driving the Ecto-1. Yep. It's a top-down racer. Yep. It was, it was such a weird game. Well... Let's take a break for a second. Dylan said we should record and not talk off the radio podcast. So Dylan, we want to talk about podcast <laughs> killed the radio. We did have a whole conversation that would be kind of weird to reiterate. We're talking about remasters. So we're talking about Resident Evil. And I adore Resident Evil Four. That's the only one I've played. That that's probably one of my favorite games. So I think yeah, and Resident Evil Four is phenomenal. Um, I will say though, I urge anyone listening and the two of you go. Download Resident Evil HD Remaster, the original game, and play it because it is a beautiful game with incredible sound design. Um, it, it really makes you appreciate great sound design in a game. Um, and it's a great look at the origin of survival horror and uh, kind of how it works, why it works, what doesn't work anymore and why it doesn't work anymore. Um, but it's a phenomenal puzzle game if you love puzzles. And it's an incredibly frustrating game in the sense that you it's a very hard game um and so if you like hard frustrating games which some people don't um some people do uh it's it's incredibly satisfying in that regard so i definitely urge you go download on uh current gen consoles resident evil hd remaster it's only like 20 bucks 
So when you say like frustrating games, it's interesting like talking to Mason about games that he finds frustrating, no longer wants to play, and games I find frustrating and no longer want to play. Mm-hmm. Like I find some of the Super Mario Maker levels incredibly frustrating mm-hmm. and difficult. I want to keep playing them over and over until I've mastered them. Yes. But if that were any, if that were most other games, mm-hmm. I wouldn't want to play it. So if you were to say something like Resident Evil 4, let me talk to you about typewriter ribbons, I'd be That's like, not Resident Evil 4. I mean, Resident Evil 1. That's Resident Evil 1. But so, I, I think typewriter, okay, but your problem with typewriter ribbons is that that's a contrived mechanic that I think game design's also moved past. Right, it's just the concept of like I don't want to be limited in how X, much you can say. But way. but so that's the thing with Resident Evil, with the original Resident Evil, right? Is they need we were at a point where it was not practical to save all the time, right? And so they figured out a way to make the save mechanic part of the game mechanic. Well, they part did. of that survival horror is they brought you, about tension. You have to really you, you only have so much you can carry with you at a time. You only have so much that you can uh, do in between saves before there is a high likelihood you're going to die. And so you really, that's part of that puzzle mechanic. And so it can be frustrating as all hell, but it's, it became part of the game mechanic that actually is really gratifying if you look at it as part of that puzzle mechanic. But I think that what, what that mechanic does, it takes advantage of the player's time, which when you're doing any type of, any type of loop, any design loop in my mind, you have to constantly be cognizant of the value of the time they put into something, right? Mm-hmm. So I think, while I do think the tension that comes from it is cool, I think there are better solutions, which is why I think, like, a a Dark Souls or any of the roguelikes, like, that whole theme, I think that it gives you the same value of your time mm-hmm. because there is stakes. And you know how they solved that in the HD remaster? They made a very easy mode, and so there are no, lots. No, but that's not... That's but, like, but it, no, yeah. Let me tell you about very easy... Fallout 4, very easy. It's great. <laughs> Yeah. You see, like, one legendary enemy, like, once every five hours. So... Wait, who cares? Resident Resident Evil... No sweet loot. I'm if on, you, like, survival If you now. don't want to be, like, the survival horror, you know, one hit and you die, and there are no save um, ribbons anywhere, you can play the that in Resident Evil. The game deletes itself. <laughs> yes, the game deletes itself. What was it, um, No Gear Solid you know, 2? Well, you know it's what first. I like with Resident Evil is they, they looked at it and they said, we know there are some crazy hardcore gamers out there, so we're going to make the achievements for them. And so there's an achievement where you can only win the game, or you can only get the achievement if you play the game without firing a single bullet. You have to just play with a survival knife the entire time. Oh my god. It's so hard. <laughs> uh, there's another achievement where you have to do it in under five hours, which is insane. Oof. It's just insane. Um, How long is that game, like on average? Um... I would say the first time you play it through, it'll probably take you about twelve hours. Okay. Uh, if you don't, if you don't look up any, like if you don't go online and look up the puzzles, like if you know, kind of no, no. Oh, if, you, oh, if you don't know, and okay. you, but you don't go on and look up the puzzles, um, I can do it now probably in about. I think my fastest playthrough where I wasn't really trying to speed through was your EPR seven hours, which um, while you clip it through. Is <laughs> seven is seven is seven hours is you're you're going through you know exactly where everything is. How much is Jill Valentine rolling? Uh, uh, she's she's avoiding a lot. Um, if you want to speed through, uh, uh, Jill is definitely your better option. Um, Chris is better for the knife through. Although <laughs> there's one boss that you have to fight later that Jill doesn't have to fight that Chris does. Uh, that's typical. I would imagine pretty hard with a knife, but um. 
But Chris only gets to carry six items, and Jill gets to carry eight. Uh, so that's a factor. I think that's really um, cool. I do too. Chris, uh, Chris is stronger, so he can take another hit before he gets killed than Jill. Doesn't he start with a gun, um, too? Chris starts with a different gun, a slightly more powerful gun, and a more powerful knife. Um, but Jill starts with a lockpick. Yeah, she can. she's the master so, of unlocking. She is, she is the master of unlocking. Um, and uh, I will say, so one of the things I loved about the Resident Evil series, Resident Evil 2 Revelations recently came out. The most recent You were telling release. me, I want to play it now. It's a great you, game. You gave it like... It's, it's a fantastic... It's a, such a great value. And it plays like Resident Evil 4. Though. It plays like Resident Evil 4, and there's a survival horror side, which is the story-driven side. And, and then 3D butts. And then there's like a, a run-and-gun side. <laughs> Tell me more. Um, but they made Barry from Res- the original Resident Evil... Um, Dude, people are who obsessed was, with Barry. Well, Barry's... Barry's well, you need yeah. to explain the... Con- Barry was a really poorly translated character that had these one-liners yes. that were just and so like, he, what the fuck is he they, saying? They referenced that in Resident oh, Evil 2 Revelations. So people, like, like Dan, talk, they talk about Jill sandwiches. Barry. Yeah. The, you were almost a Jill sandwich. I've heard that line. It's fantastic. Barry, there's some... That's, and that's the lines. original, that's the 1996 Resident Evil. They redid all the audio for the reboot on GameCube, which is now what they use for the HD remaster. Mm-hmm. So they were talking about that too with Final, the Final Fantasy VII remake. Like how some of, there's such poor translation in the original one yes they're like will they keep that in should they keep that in yep have you played that uh no okay no has hey. anyone here played wait, that wait hold on I want to read some Final Fantasy 7 yeah. wait no no fuck no okay. just curious my brother played I watched my brother play Final Fantasy 7 and Final Fantasy 8 from start to finish though. so I do have the context of like what the games are I've watched like I watched Final Fantasy 10 a buddy of mine had it I watched him play it a lot um but as I was telling Mason and Alex uh, on the last podcast I never had any Sony platforms, so right. yeah, I, I played that. Final Neither Fantasy. There you go. Yeah. Um, so I played Final Fantasy when it was on Nintendo, um, and so like all the top down, yeah. like Final Fantasy three or six, depending on where you are. Mm-hmm. Um, but seven on, I, I haven't played any. Have you played right. one? Uh, way way back in the day, I rented it. Probably, um, I don't remember playing it, uh, but I've heard it's very good. One is the only one I've played, and it's I think it's great. Three? Yeah, but you, the, the systems have changed so much. No, I know, yeah. but like... like I urge you to download 6. Um, People love 6. Uh, which is the 3. That was one? That was one of the two. Or you there, were two there were two on, on, I, on Super Nintendo. Yeah. So I played Fantasy Star Online <laughs> Episode 1 and 2 for well, GameCube. Those are different. Those, I'm saying oh, you're talking about original like Fantasy, Fantasy Star. Fantasy Star, Fantasy Star. I just love that aesthetic. I don't know why, but I love that. J- and the Ness, JRPG? Well, the NES top-down, like... Uh, mm-hmm. Fire Emblem, like original Fire Emblem, yep. like that didn't come out here. Did you ever play uh, Chron- like Chrono Trigger? No. That so everyone loves game. Chrono Trigger. You can download that on, uh, on DS. Yeah. Wait. Uh, OS 10 Game Store. I want to tell you or guys OS 10, um, some Barry quotes. Game Store. Before we move on. Give me some Barry quotes. And Jill, here's a lockpick. It might be handy if you, the master of unlocking. Hold on. You gotta read it like that. Because Barry no. is this jacked guy, and he's just, and Jill, here's a lockpick. It might be handy if you, Wait. the master of unlocking, take it with you. Hold on, I want you to read that. That's, that's what Barry is Was like. Was Barry really into D&D? <laughs> read the top one there. Just a moment. I found something. It's a weapon. It's really powerful, especially against living things. That's totally... Oh, I love it. That, now, that's that's like the old school 96 Resident Evil. They got rid of all that campy... Like, it's still... Resident Evil will always have some campy yeah, stuff. Yeah, Resident Evil Because that's camp. part of that... That that game franchise, um, but they're much more self-aware about it now. Yeah, I, but you could, well, but I think Resident Evil Four struck the balance 
of being a really campy story, mm-hmm. but also being like it just was. So I think Resident Evil Four is one of the most well done pacing. Resident Evil Four is one of the like greatest games ever that I've never played. Ooh, damn! I know. Yeah, I've played. Like, um, I don't know how I missed it because I love the Resident Evil series. I wish you had a PC because you can. I would just buy it for you because like four yeah. bucks half the time. I'm probably. I've, I've been meaning to, to go grab the Xbox 360 version or yeah. uh, the Wii version. I wonder if it's backwards compatible. Well, I guess the Wii version would work. The Wii on version would work on the Wii U. Uh, the Wii version. I, I think you should. The play Xbox the 360 version is not backwards compatible yet, and I doubt mm-hmm. it ever will be because I have a feeling they're going to do a next gen remake of it. They should. Um, the only other the only other one in the chronological series of Resident Evils that I haven't played is six because everybody shot on it. Yeah. Um, but I'll so probably play the that narrative too. around six and you know like when it came out everyone like dumped on it. But now there's people that are like coming out as like it's okay. Like the six supporters that are like it's it's not great, but it's still not. Yeah. It's always interesting looking at like feedback a year or two after on mm-hmm. a game, like especially with something like Grand Theft Auto Four. Like everyone. Came out, I was like, this is the best game ever. It's great. And great, then great. everyone shit on it. It was weird. Mm-hmm. Yep. Well, I think that, you know, in, in, in. Never liked it. You could argue that that's a lot of how the. Well, you can stop talking now, dude. All right. <laughs> the, me- <laughs> the media. I tried playing it three times, get to the same spot every time. I, I loved it. Stopping. But I think it was it was such a time and place thing, too, for me, where it's like, this is crazy. Like, this is. Grand Theft Auto San Andreas was the one that came before. You're like, this is nuts. This is a small. Like, the city's just dense. And now it doesn't feel nearly as dense, but it's just. It felt so much like New York. I lived in I lived in Manhattan at the time it came out, and I pre-ordered, uh, got the like extended like the special edition with the lockbox and all that shit. So nerdy. And I know, and uh, and I I liked it, and it, but it's one of those games I've never finished, and to me that's a, generally a testament of a game. I do, and I'm a total completionist, and but that's a that's a. That's a testament to me. It's like if I've tried playing it more than once and still haven't finished it, I don't, I don't, I don't know what it is. So, um, but there's a point that you brought. Like the dialogue surrounding things, like a year out. It's funny, like it shows what games mm-hmm. really have legs. And it's funny because like the Steam controller, the initial reaction was this like kind of tepid optimism or like just middling. Like people were like, I just don't like it or I do like it. But more and more, they keep updating the controller, and more and more people are saying. This is this is how I play games now. Like, I feel like once you learn the learning curve on it, because it's so customizable, people just love it. I think like the Wii U is a great example. Of and that. I would argue too, like the Wii U um, as as a platform, people I mean, are like, "What do I buy if I have a PC?" And they're like, "A Wii U." You know, it's the best thing to buy if you replace PC. Yeah, and the Wii U is is just so misunderstood. Was so misunderstood when it was released, and I think it's just having such a slow adoption of people being like oh yeah i do want to have a nintendo system in my life because they're you know it's really rare that you're going to have a ps4 and an xbox one right you usually have one or the other but there's always room for that nintendo system because they are such a different well because it's the nintendo so, and, your nintendo gameplay and right make room for wii u well but microsoft keeps putting stuff on nintendo platforms say again they put down. they put microsoft put like view pinata on ds and they released minecraft mm. For Wii U, right? Yeah, you know what I mean. So, yeah. like, well, that hasn't come out. I'm yet. just waiting for like it's it? coming out like in a week. It's coming out yeah, in a week. Yeah, yeah. They just announced it. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I know they just announced it. Either way, like to me, it's funny to see Microsoft be like, "We need money because this games division has to be profitable." Right. Like, what can we do? The entertainment but, division. But the Wii U also, I think that the response though was is in part because the library was so thin for so long, and then this Absolutely. year you had like a, a consistent the quality of Nintendo releases helped. 
But you know, like for even well, there'll be spans where like your tentpole releases high reward. Well, one of the biggest problems is that Nintendo does not play well with third party developers. Right, they just don't. And they and they and said and they tried to double down yep. on third parties at the beginning. And you look at why the Nintendo the Nintendo Entertainment System, the original Nintendo, was so popular because they had so many third party contracts and and so you look at these games that were coming out from konami and from uh, uh well rare obviously you know with the super nintendo was where they started to really get big but um you know a lot of these third-party studios that were making great things and then eventually stopped working capcom did a ton of stuff with the nintendo early on that obviously they well, don't capcom kind of went belly up yeah I think well Cap- no not- no i think capcom and konami are in the exact same yeah, Capcom Space is like having right a hard time. I think really? Capcom yeah. is like struggling. Well, Konami's just getting the fuck out of here. Well, games. not just well, in terms of profitability, but also in terms of like what do we do? How they're treating their employees? Oh, like, sure, yeah. Yeah, 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 and, and that's Konami. part of that. That's part of that Japanese mentality. I, I would say but that I don't, I don't think that's across the board. With but I think mentality, though, yeah, I think it's solely those. I think those two. companies really? are old school. I think that um, like people, Capcom, though. I mean, like Re- so, Resident Evil Four, the HD remaster, was insanely profitable for them insanely profitable because it did not cost them much to do but what is insanely I mean there's profitable and then there's like a revenue generating company and that's like is Capcom ever I mean Capcom hasn't been doing well the past like 10 years so I mean I think you're right yeah. they, they have these these franchises and Capcom like but Capcom's a Monster Hunter company that's how they exist like they produce Monster Hunter like and it's huge in Japan like oh, it's sure. enormous but um, well, Resident Evil so and Mega Man and Mega Man. Well, they're, they're fucking Mighty Number no. Nine. What's that Mighty Number no. Nine? Oh god. Yeah, but Mighty Number no. Nine is not associated with like, like. It's what's his, what's his name? Inafune. Yeah, Inafune. He yeah, like you know, he realized that he was basically the the the, the brand manager for lack of a better term yep. for Mega Man. He said, "Well, I can just remake Mega Man and then Mega Man Legends. Yep. Here you go, guys." Yep. Was that well, what Mega Man Legends was? Red Ash, which was his failed Kickstarter, which was the second one he did before Mighty Number no. Nine came out, was going to be the Mega Man Legends of Mighty Number no. Nine. But back Wait, to the what's point of Mega Nintendo. Man Legends. Oh, Re- Mega Man Legends was the three D shooter, the third person Mega Man shooter JRPG that was on N sixty four. Really? That has this huge following. Really? Like it's like a cult. Classic for people. Sorry, you're saying Nintendo? Oh, I was just saying back to the the idea that you know you look at when Nintendo dominated everything and there was nothing else. You know, Sega was a, was a distant second. It was because of the fact that but they Sega does what had, Nintendo don't. Well, <laughs> Sega does what Nintendo. Um, but there was that it's there great. was that uh, really strong uh, third party base of of development that that coincided with the re- incredibly strong first party plot. but i would and, and then so when nintendo moved away from that um that was really i think it, it really moved away finally with the gamecube and and the wii eventually got there and i think that's what we're seeing with the wii u where eventually you're going to have more third-party games coming out that are going to bolster the sales now my question is is that going to happen before Nintendo releases the NX no. next year? No, no, no. no, no. The Wii U is the, the lame duck uh, platform. But what, what I'm saying is that your case you're making about why third parties matter, I think, is completely dismantled when you look at the just breakout success that the Wii U was. I mean, the Wii was that had, you know, no third party support. Or, like, very it did limited. eventually. It had sporadic third party support. I would support. argue, I would say that if you're, if you're putting your, if you're making your Dan argument, 
on the third. And I think I think third party. I think games are crucial to a platform. A, a lot more third party support than the Wii U does. We put it that way. That's fair. That's but fair. also THQ isn't around anymore. Mm-hmm. So. And I think you know the games Capcom. that did do well on the Wii U are like just Dance and like that kind of thing. I mean the Wii. Mm-hmm. I keep calling it the Wii U. The Wii. Um. The Wii One. It's to me. I think that Nintendo just doesn't need third parties. I think that what's appealing about Nintendo platforms is you. It's your place to play Nintendo games. Yeah. Sure. What third party game, Nintendo games do you own? On. I can't even think of a third party. I own Monster Hunter Four for 3DS. That's the only third party game. Well, I guess in a, the downloadable games because I have uh, Steam World Big. Maybe that's where my argument comes from. As I look at, so as someone who owns every single Nintendo console. With the exception of handhelds, I have a few handhelds, but every Nintendo console ever made except for the Wii, mm-hmm. and I look at my game library for every console I own except for the Wii U, the Wii U, I own nothing but first-party exclusives, and every other console, the third parties outnumber the first parties. Um, I think you're in the minority on that one. That's crazy. I still have I mean, first-party games. I mean, GameCube had a lot, like... It was GameCube was part and parcel right, with every like, platform at the time. Like GameCube, you know, right. Prince of Persia, all all these other games. Actually, Legends, the best game ever made. <laughs> and I think the Wii, because they, you know, people argue that every generation from like the N sixty four onwards, like oh, less third parties, less third parties, mm-hmm. less third parties. But that only really started to become an issue with the Wii because that's yeah. when Nintendo kind of realized we can just package. Wii Sports Resort mm-hmm. right. with everything yep. and make a killing. Yep. So and fuck you saying, guys. I'm not saying that I disagree with Nintendo's strategy. Mm-hmm. I like Nintendo's strategy and I love Nintendo games and I did buy a Wii U just so I could have Nintendo properties. So um, what they need to do is just make but it. But I do think the reason it had the slow adoption that it did is that there there is a smaller group of people who want to buy a console, a $300 console, just for a small number of of properties but i think in the world where you know you're seeing the not the, maybe the rise of pc gaming but you know the the more steam's becoming easier and easier to use and you're mm-hmm. seeing more like you know my computers in my living room i think you need that i think nintendo's case almost has become stronger sure um because it's just a box to play games mm-hmm. right if they just i think whatever the nx is if they just like are super optimized with their software and Maintain maybe maybe it's the same internals as the Wii U, or maybe just like mm-hmm. a little bit of a bump. It has to be a bump. And Did you see the price pat- it down the patent that came yeah. out earlier this week? Yeah, Mason the... sent it to me. Mm-hmm. Which in my response was like, you know, with my experience with patents and stuff, it's like, oh, they made it circular so they can file a patent. Yep. Because they made it rectangular, they wouldn't be able to file it. Because yep. I guarantee you, someone else has yep has something similar to that. World of patent law is so weird. Oh, absolutely. Doesn't mean it's going to be anything like that. I just thought it was interesting because they Nintendo is projecting, I think, to sell 10 million NXs in 2016, and we have seen nothing of this console. And 2016 is three weeks away. Yeah. So, but, but I think it's really interesting. That's a that's a pretty big projection for Fallout 4 was announced. What? There's a big difference between announcing software Boom. and and not showing anything yeah, about it. Fallout and 4 hardware. Is- for whatever I don't, I don't think you can show hardware the way you used to though. Where you show it two years, you see the new iPhone and a month later it's out. Yeah, like I think that's the way that the world, the, the media cycle is so much faster now that like if you're not in the headlines when it comes out, you're not. But here's the thing with Nintendo. So Nintendo, one of the reasons I think they stay relevant is that they have always innovated on hardware, always yeah. way more than anybody else out there, and. 
when you innovate with hardware, things. I think it's interesting to not to be so secretive about it and still have such high projections. I think everyone knows what the, Wii, the NX is, though. If that rumor to be true, it's well, the hybrid, the hybrid handheld and console. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why I don't think they're going to get rid of the Wii U. Um, I think the Wii U is going to continue. You think it's going to be an, alongside the Wii U? I do. Well, no, if you, I don't, no, I, do. I no, I agree with Dan because I don't like, think it's all of it. like leaked PowerPoint slides or presentation stuff. It's all like here's our family of software. It's 3ds, Wii U, NX, PC. Yeah, you remember mobile. when it was the, the family of software? It was GameCube, DS, Game Boy, and then how'd that go? I'm just saying like the market can only sustain what who you have the because if they abandon the Wii U. So soon, they lose so much brand equity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but like, what? I think so. Look at when the Wii first came out, and so many of the games were were kind of co-released. Yeah. You look at Twilight Princess, right? That's mm-hmm. that's a perfect mm-hmm. example. Um, I think you're going to start to see that for the next year or two at least. I don't think the Wii U is going to go away for at least a few years. And even after that, they're going to make it backwards compatible because mm-hmm. the one thing so you can always rely on is for it... Nintendo. Is that mm-hmm. backwards compatible? And that's and to me that makes sense because then you can have Wii U releases. Mm-hmm. But I I still can't I can't see a world where if you look at like Nintendo's priorities like where they're spending money if they're spending if they're not putting all their money into a new platform I think they're fucking up. They are, but it's not the NX. It's mobiles. Yeah, that's that's uh, I guarantee I you that's where Nintendo sees. Reggie came out and said as much. Because he was like, we're going to be like a mobile first, or like a mobile oriented. Because plus. The, the, what have we been talking about? The strength of Nintendo lies in their IP, and by when they're going, putting that IP in hardware that everybody already has, they are that's where they're going to make the money that they then funnel into the innovation of this hardware. is this is what NX is. They're going to make a virtual reality Ooh. headset. Ooh. It's going to be called the Virtual Boy. We the Virtual. <laughs> it's be called the Virtual Man. <laughs> virtual Man. <laughs> Right, it's gonna be well, called Polygon Man. What? Oh, can't do that. <laughs> Never mind. How can you call it Polygon Man? Because that was the, because PlayStation Sony trademarked that. Remember the original mascot of the PlayStation was no. Polygon Man. Oh, oh Polygon yeah. Man. Dude, okay. Yeah, it's a big purple that. head that was all yep. like angular. What's your yep. favorite console splash screen? Oh, like just the. the I was thinking about this the other day. Like, the, what is your? Mm. Like, well, I know what yours is. What is mine? Yours is the GameCube one. GameCube one's really good. Okay, I love the GameCube one. Do, 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 do. And if you hold Z, it goes. Wicked, wicked. It makes the uh, the duck noise. Do you know that? I did not know that. Hold Z when hold Z when you turn on. It does a whole different noise. I like the original Xbox because it's so stupid because um, the no. two like generator pilot. Dude, it thing just looks like a fucking like prodigy music video. It pisses me off or a Nine Inch Nails video. But I, I like Nine Inch Nails. I think it it's probably Game Boy, a Game Boy Color. Ooh, the game. Oh no, the Game Boy Advance one's good though. But I like the original Game Boy in a Game Boy Color. Says because you can flip the, oh, the, the colors. colors. Okay. I like um, I like the the Xbox I like the Sony 360 one. Too. The original Xbox 360 one with the circle or the yeah. old the new yeah. one. Yeah. Where and yeah. Um, but I would say mine is probably the GameCube. I think the GameCube loader is is great. And I just love holding it and it spins out, and just mm-hmm. like flexes out, and takes you to that options menu. The PS4 one's lame. It's just a bunch of instruments, like, tuning. I like the original Nintendo one, where if you don't put the game cartridge in right, the game just blinks on and off, and you have to take it out and blow in the cartridge. Yeah. Yeah. I like the uh, Steam big picture overlay when it comes yeah, on. Yeah, I, I It's like pretty that. cool. I like the noise it makes. Yeah. I, I think that the Steam UI stuff is getting just constantly better. Like, their big picture stuff is pretty good. They have this thing called Big Picture, which 
makes your Steam uh, interface like a console interface. Mm. And I have mine set up where it it auto logs in the Windows and then it mm. auto boots Steam, and Steam's already in big picture, so it's basically like booting up a like console. Like a console, yeah. I um. And then I go to Fallout. Fallout's like, you need your mouse. So you press play, <laughs> and I'm like, oh, fuck you. Oh uh, well, the PS4 touchpad, I can just oh hit play. I don't, I don't have that sucker. You could put a uh, a gamepad mouse thing on your computer, and then you'd be able to just. I might try that out. And you know, how far is your mouse from your chair ever in your so, house? Uh, two feet. Yeah. So. Well, cool. What were you gonna say, Dan? I don't know. Oh, sorry. That's well, okay. one thing I want to ask you guys, I mean, you know, I'm getting a little long here, but uh, what do you guys, or do any of you guys have like holiday gaming traditions, like? So, for me, I guess what an example would be like, because there was an N64 at my grandparents' house, and me and my cousins were always there, for years, it didn't matter if it was like the Xbox 360 was out, we would play Donkey Kong 64 multiplayer arena, because that's like what we did, or 1080 snowboarding, Mm. yeah. So like, is there anything, or any like memories like around, like I got my DS, I got Mario Kart and Animal Crossings for DS one Christmas, and me and my brother just played. Like, straight, just, like, a one-on-one Mario Kart for, like, 12 hours. All right, so I, I have a couple that spring to mind. So, first off, like, how you went to your grandparents and played N64. Um, this wasn't me, but Wendy tells me about how she went to her grandparents, and they had a Super Nintendo. Mm-hmm. And they had Super Mario All-Stars. And then she was like, and we had this racing game. I didn't know what it was. I'm like, what is it? And like, I'm like, Zero? No. Right. It was Top Gear. What? There's a Top Gear SNES racing. Was Jeremy Clarkson come out and say some kind of slightly racially insensitive? <laughs> yeah, yes. Uh, then, then it, he, it's 16-bit. Uh... And gets him kicked out of Bolivia. Yeah. Then you boot it up again and he's gone. Replaced. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I thought that was cool. Um, but one year, I um, we were going to New York City, like the day after Christmas. Going to Dan's house. Going going mm-hmm. to Dan, and. That's the year I got a GameCube, but I also got, for my Game Boy Advance, I got Mario & Luigi Superstar Saga. Ooh, that's a good game. And I got Christmas Eve, so I played it all Christmas Eve, most of Christmas Day, mm. and then we had something like a 16-hour train ride. That's like the best thing that could ever happen to you as a kid, because <laughs> you're like, I'm buckling down, strap mm-hmm. in, family. Yeah. Like bring Play all on the, the batteries, batteries. Yeah. <laughs> dude. That's that's, a, that's a pretty good. One. And, and so we got to uh, New York, and New York in December is the coldest I've ever been in my it, entire it life. It gets cold. Like uh, we were on the street and we walked into like some deli or something, and I could feel my face thaw out. Yes, like it was like my face was melting off. Try living in Boston. Oh, it's it's, it's rough. Yeah. It's rough. But um, we went to. The big Toys R Us there. The Ferris wheel. I don't know if there's a Ferris wheel. There's a Ferris wheel in it now. Really? In Manhattan, in Times Square. Yeah. Yeah, there's a Ferris wheel in it. But like the basement floor was all video game stuff. It's still that way. Yeah. It was when I was there. And while I was there, I think I bought uh, Smash and Damn. Wario World. I think mm. the two. Wario World's great. Wario Worlds. Wario Worlds. Wario Worlds, all right. I love I love Warrior Land. Warrior Land's the best. That game for Game Boy Advance was amazing. What about you? You got any Christmas? So a couple. Um, 
When, well, I'm Jewish, Mason, so... Well, I'm Jewish, so Hanukkah. No, um... Holiday, not, not holiday tradition. Not I Jewish. said holiday tradition. Uh, Christmas. Um, so there was this one year, and I'm sure in retrospect now that it was planned, but... Uh, so my parents were divorced, and... Um, as they do. As they do. And there was, was what? one year when I was probably, like, six, where I got a Nintendo... At both my mom's and my dad's house. That is the best Christmas. <laughs> no, I had the and same so, exact thing happen when I got the GameCube. Yeah, and uh, and so I got not one but two Nintendos. Because you switched, so I Christmas. switched every week growing up. Yeah, I did uh, every other weekend and every Wednesday at my dad's, um, and then each year the holidays flip flops. So I would be like. I would stay overnight and be there for the whole day with it like a two hour. I would go to the other house for two hours on Christmas and then go back. I like, used but. to do the, the thing where I would go to one house on Christmas, but then my parents were like, whatever. This is, yeah. this is out of control. But anyway, they um, had two GameCubes and zero memory cards. <laughs> that's, yes. No, yeah, that was, that's what that did happen. Um, and so that was that. That was one Christmas. And then. Um, that's a good one. I've always gotten, I mean, I've always gotten games. I've always gotten always everything gotten, I ever wanted. Uh, but the following Christmas after that, no, I've not always got everything I ever wanted. But, um, game, gaming has always been an important part of my life. And so gaming has always been a part of my Christmas usually. Um, but the following Christmas, my mom, who didn't have a lot of money, um, found this person. Uh, I mean, there was no Craigslist at that point. So she, I don't know who she found, but found this person to buy used games for my regular Nintendo and bought me like... 15 games and so I got like 15 games Jesus. at Christmas and they were all used but it didn't matter I was so excited well used games um, don't really matter yeah well yeah when you're 6 or 7 it's like whatever yeah, it doesn't matter um, oh, I need the download code someone's already used it <laughs> right for my, um, my Super Nintendo that's right so then uh, the other Christmas memory I have would be last Christmas when I had kind of stopped playing video games for about a year um because work had gotten really overwhelming and uh, a bunch of other life stuff. And I realized I was really unhappy. And I said, I'm going to commit myself to playing video games again. And so I, I did. I made this commitment to playing video games again. And then my father-in-law got me an Xbox One for Christmas last year, and it was glorious. And I've been I've been playing video games again ever since. Well, you can, I mean, like, dude, the, like we always talk about, or do, yeah, like the whole like escapism aspect of yep. games is that, like. It is such a positive impact on all of our lives. Of totally. Like, you know, it's just, it, for what, like, you could argue, like, what music does for some people, and, and, you, and you, and, mm-hmm. and, like, what, it's just another medium for you just to, like, either step outside yourself, or, like, and I think what game, because they're so interactive, it really lets you just fully envelop yourself in something that's just not. Yep, the world. On. Yeah, and, like, and I think that's a really important thing. It's like some people are really afraid of it, but I think it's just so valuable, especially in like a constantly just like on demand, like just getting inundated by stuff all the time. It becomes more and more important. Yeah. Just to be able to like, it's almost like it's like modern meditation. Like it's just like yeah. you can zero out. And like I do a lot of like concepting for school and stuff, or like if I need to like think, mm-hmm. I'll go play like Spelunky or something to like zero myself out. And then I can like, you know. Minecraft is great for that. Yeah. You uh-huh. can just, I mean, you can just dig and dig and dig. And dig, and you go to this like you can meditative that, You trance. can do that in real life, Dan. You do that, well, yeah, I do in my backyard. This is a dry pit in my backyard. It's looking for thing. copper wire. What are you doing, sweetie? I'm just looking for diamonds. No, I'm just stressed. <laughs> if I dig deep enough, diamonds. diamonds. Or, or spiders. Lava. Or spiders. One of the two. Um, I had that experience with Minecraft, like because like you, I didn't I didn't play for a while just because school got so busy. Yep. This is when I was in community college, and when my brother bought it, 
and so it was just sitting on our PC and I was like, all right, I finished all of my portfolio work for the semester and I just sat there and I played it for probably like five hours straight and then mm -hmm. I got up and I looked at my eyes and like, I think... <laughs> Blood vessels had popped. But I, I think, think one did because yeah. it was really red. Everyone yeah. has that Everyone's had that moment. Minecraft has that, there's the, when you realize like, I can do whatever I want and then you fall down this deep hole where you're just like, well, I... Okay, well, I have mine one, and then there's mine two over here, yeah. and there's the farm, and well, if the cows get out, I have to go get the fucking cows, and... Oh, my favorite video is, have you ever seen that YouTube video where the guy is, like, showing his wood cabin? It has to be staged. And he made this big wood cabin, and he accidentally destroys a block that was in the fireplace, and the whole thing is... <laughs> and it's kind of like that, uh... What do they call that? In game design, where, like, it... it Emer emergent. Emergent. Yeah, so... But it's cool. Yeah. I... This isn't one of my memories, but this is something I want to do. I <laughs> I downloaded this from someone else. You're a synth. Yep. I um. For. My a Mike from Penny Arcade talks about how every summer he used to play Super Mario Sunshine. It's a great game. And I love Super Mario Sunshine, so I think I might do that because that's just like the perfect summer game. It just just makes you so excited. It's islandy. It's everything. That's funny. So, like, you're saying, like, you want to play it in the summer or you want to play it in Christmas time? No, I want to play it in the summer. Yeah. Instead of going outside. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> fuck that shit. Um, I don't think anything else. Is there anything that, like, you play... Or, like, if you were to, like, make a tradition, like, what would be, like, a game that, like, you would say is worth traditionizing? And I think that, like... Mario for, Party. Okay, so... Oh, fuck you. I love Sorry, Mario Party. Mario Party's great. Mario, <laughs> Mario, Mario Party. Party. I'm the Marty star. He won last time we played. I, we, we play played Mario four. every once in a while, like me, Tim, and Dylan, and I'll nice. invite you next time. Play Mario Party, and it's just me and Tim bitching the whole time about how much we hate <laughs> Mario Party. And Dylan is just like, "Oh, Winnie played that last time. Yeah. Winnie's terrible. Winnie did really bad. She's gonna be mad. I said that. Whatever. What did I, what did I say? Oh, I said she was bad at Rocket League too. Oh yeah, that's when. Whatever. She didn't like that. Whatever. Um, Mario Party is a good one though. I think Super Smash depends Bros. on which Mario Party. In sixty four, like my friends from high school and I have like, whenever we, whenever I go back home, and like we hang out, we just sit on the couch and play, you know, Super Smash Bros. But that's like that's not a tradition. I mean, like it's a tradition in the sense, but you're talking about like, oh, okay, okay, so it's not a holiday tradition, but like when I see them, it's usually around holidays, right. so it's becoming a holiday. Like I'm mm -hmm. saying, like I think that, that that our generation especially will have things that will start traditionalizing, especially as games, the Older games will stay more and more relevant because we grew up with them the same way that like old media stays more and more relevant when you grow up with it. Um, I think that you're going to see more and more like families that like we have the yearly football game and then we play Mario Party or yeah. like, you know, stuff like that, which could be weird. Yeah, that's pretty much it. They're not, they're not falling. Okay, whatever. You guys are great. This is awesome. No, no. Woo! I hate I hate. There's so much hate in me. You've ruined Christmas already. You've ruined Christmas for this year and next year because you fucking. I was just sending a video on Christmas Day, just me clapping. Whatever. All right, Dylan, you got anything else? Mm. About? So, I've been making this list. Oh God! Hashtag build the list. I'm hashtag building this list. Let me tell you about this list. So, Mason brought up this idea a while back that I thought would be really cool. 
was um this is what Dylan does. This is what I do. I just make I just make lists. I just categorize and quantify and you stratify know, well, things. Okay, I thought you were like pretty organized. <coughs> Alex, Alex Rice. Rice. Is, oh like, my god. To a terrifying degree. Yeah. He itemizes item he itemizes his lists of items. It's it's <laughs> awesome. Like it's his, It's fantastic. I, I think wish he's I like was almost organized. embarrassed about it cuz he's so organized. But all right, cuz your list is more important. So so Mason was talking about things like like you know, bring up a lot. You brought up games influence us, mm-hmm. and I thought it'd be really cool if we went down the line of every game that stuck with us. Oh God! So it's a lot, but and the producer in me is just like, all right, we have to acquire each one of these games. We have to find a way to put them and record them. Mm-hmm. But I, that's fine. I think it's cool. We should do it. Yeah, and it's a lot of work. But and I hate work. <laughs> But it's like, how do you quantify games that are influential or not? Mm. So like for me, TPS reports. <laughs> so are we talking charts? In, yes, <laughs> influential to us personally, or that we view as influential in the world? No, of to games. us personally. Yeah, I okay. Personal. So like, I think, because okay. I, I think that sure, you know, I might Final Fantasy Seven is right. Exactly. Is, so that's but that's none a, of us have touched it. So right. it doesn't matter. Exactly. Um, but like only things that we touch matter. But like for me. Games that stick with me, like, I have a lot of games on here that I never owned, but I played on, like, a demo station. Yep, totally. So, here's Sonic Adventure. I've never owned Sonic Adventure. Here's oh, the Emperor's New Groove for PlayStation. I've never owned this. Here's Spyro. Here's <laughs> well, the- I think in those cases, you have to find the demo. You think so? I think so. Because oh, the God. demo is what, you know, like, for me, like, I played the Crackdown Xbox 360 demo more than I played the actual game. Because I just tried to exploit the shit out of the demo. I was probably the same well, way. Well, there was back in the day. I used to rent games from Blockbuster, and that was that's how I played most of my games. Uh, there were like a lot of Super Nintendo games that I thought I owned, <laughs> and then I'm like, I'll see something and be like, oh yeah, let me go check that, and I realize I don't have it anymore, and it's because I rented it. Like like uh, Return of the Jedi for Super Nintendo. It's a fantastic game, and I played the shit out of it. Mm-hmm. Apparently, I never owned it. I I just rented it anyway. Yeah. You never owned anything. Your life's a hologram. <laughs> That's right. But it's also interesting practice in like trying to find the names of games. Mm-hmm. It's like, what the fuck was that game called? Mm-hmm. Like, there's this arcade game I played at Chuck E. Cheese's. What the fuck was it called? It had like Hello Kitty shit in it. And then, like. It's probably Hello Kitty. No, it actually wasn't because it was the frog from Hello Kitty. Time Cop. <laughs> but it's just things like that. Like, going down that. Or, like, there's the Star Wars arcade game, but not the classic one. Mm-hmm. The one with like, the big this, joystick? Yeah, one with, like, you I sit in that, that one. Star Wars trilogy arcade. But if you say Star Wars arcade, everyone thinks of like the original vector-based one that came out like mm-hmm. in the late eighties. Mm-hmm. I remember think the, the one that you're the, talking the about, the Aerosmith one with the guns, and he would go. <laughs> do you remember that? I've heard about that. Uh, so we used to go to the arcade in my mall, and it had this game, and and you're you're playing as Aerosmith, and you're like shooting music, and you're shooting records out of these like Uzis Aren't, isn't there and, like a cutscene where like you're in a spaceship or something oh, maybe I don't really remember um, I just remember this game existing um, and, you know I, I was not really inclined to play that but I wasn't inclined to play Dance Dance Revolution either so I was, yeah DDR you know, I never DDR like, was I always wanted to get into it like I thought it'd be cool mm. and I played it and I'm like this sucks yeah. Yeah, in, my, anyway. in my apartment right now there is an original Xbox with DDR, DDR. and two DDR mats nice it's just Wendy's obsessed with DDR yeah hey I'm not knocking DDR I was just not I don't know why phone. you're shitting all over her favorite <laughs> game not, not, it's inappropriate and frankly I wish you'd it's never like, said it's it. like that okay. Crash Nitro Kart and <laughs> Simpsons Hit and Run are her favorite Simpsons game. Hit and Run is a great game I don't know about Crash Nitro Kart. 
but like just trying to remember games and things like that and doing that research like there are a lot of old like kids adventure games that I played because like when I was growing up I didn't have any consoles I just had a PC mm. so we just get these random PC yeah. adventure games and trying to get those mm-hmm. and trying to just remember the names like what's the name Maniac of that game? Mansion no like kids I adventure games Maniac like Mansion. humongous entertainment games uh-huh. but not like like there was a Blues Clues game mm-hmm. I used to play all the time that was full FMV yeah. <laughs> Did we get an argument the other night about, <laughs> about whether a pedophile yeah. Steve was a pedophile or died of a drug overdose? Blues <laughs> hit my car. It's coming up way more than I would like. So okay, a lot so of blues clues. from that list, give me like a highlight, oh, just God. like one or two. Just, two, just one or we're, two. We're gonna keep coming back uh, to all right, it. All right, ski free. The web game? No, oh, the PC old game. school like no, Windows oh, ninety five. Really? How did you never play Ski Free? Dude, it was free. It was like it was, and you could ski for free. It we, was like it came packaged with the OS. When I was a kid, I was skiing for real, man. I was playing. I was too busy playing pinball. Listen to this guy <laughs> on skiing for real. Yeah, yeah. Do you remember Ronan's Revenge? No. He plays a mouse. I played Space Bar oh, Gal- yeah, Gal- yeah. Galaxy Pinball. Do you guys play that? Yeah. Like Windows XP thing. I, I played one of the pinball packings. I don't remember. And go boop. Boop. That was the noise I made. Oh yeah. That's, I learned that when I was skiing for real. <laughs> um, I was too busy being like socially just not equipped to do anything. Who is the the host in Deal or No Deal? Howie. Howie Long. Oh, Howie Mandel. Howie Long's football player. He used to He's be. Also. Yes, he is. He used to be in this series of kids games, kids adventure games called Little Howie. No, he wasn't. Yes, he was. Well, real. do you remember yes, the show? And his picture was on the cover. It's not real. He was in Bobby's World, the cartoon. It was Bobby's World. So Bobby's World was... A, wasn't he a stand-up comedian? He That's was a stand-up he comedian, but like, he, he created this this cartoon called Bobby's World, which was this, like, he he voiced the cartoon dad, and there was this kid, Bobby, who Bobby. had, like, Bobby. imaginary... Fr- I don't even remember, really, but it was, it was definitely a cartoon starring Howie Mandel called Bobby's World. Look it up. There you go. That's it, right there. That main character looks oddly familiar. That's I've Bobby. seen that show. That's Bobby. I've seen that show. So, so you're asking about God, how Mega Man Legends? That's what Mega Man's hair looked like in Mega Man Legends. Well, I don't want any part of that then. So, <laughs> all right. His There's eyes a were game called Little Howie. It's yeah. There was a series of them, and the one I played was called Little Howie's Great Reading Adventure. Hmm. Which you just went to, like you learned about fairy tales and like different reading stuff and like old like children's rhymes and there was a part where you went to a barn and there was a song called like and they were saying shoe fly don't bother me and there was a shoe with fly wings that flew around the barn and that's all I remember who was the old creative director at Xbox not uh, Kudos Inoda Mark Winton no he was bald and he, he released oh Jay Allard I'm not convinced that Jay Allard and Howie Mandel aren't the same person. <laughs> so, on that note... I was wondering where that was going. They do have the same earring, don't they? I don't know. I think so. They would if they're the same fucking person. Yeah, there it is. And that's why you've never seen them in the same room. Sometimes you want to Dan, be... do you have anything you want to add? No. Don't do you? Deal or no deal, tribe. <laughs> Alright. Well, we'll be back uh, next week. Bye, Dylan. Bye. Bye. Dylan. Bye.